How do you feel when you look at your phone and you see that you have a message? Most messages we receive, I suppose, are not that important, but sometimes messages can be turning points in our lives. We hear that we've been accepted or not accepted to the college that we hope to attend. We hear about the unexpected death of someone we knew. Sometimes we're waiting for these messages, such as we might await the doctor's phone call to tell us whether a biopsy came back positive or negative. Other times, messages come out of the blue, and normally this isn't a good thing. We human beings expend a fair amount of energy trying to make our lives predictable, and interruptions to our routine rarely improve our lot. It's remarkable that all three readings today feature messengers. The most unexpected message was that of the angel to St. Joseph. But St. Paul is also delivering a message to the Romans, a very long message, probably the least familiar message to us in its entirety is the situation in the first reading, even if we know uh, some of the verses from this reading from going to Mass over the years. As it happens, we can date this prophecy in the first reading with a good deal of accuracy. King Ahaz came to the throne of the southern kingdom of Judah in the year 732 B.C., and he was only 20 years old. He was a young king, and he must have struck his fellow rulers in the neighboring kingdoms as weak and insecure, because almost immediately after he begins his reign, the Edomite people, a subject people to the south, rebelled against him. And more seriously, Pekah, that's the name of the ruler of the northern kingdom of Israel at this time, and someone who was backed by the very powerful kingdom of Syria, prepared to besiege Jerusalem, where Ahaz was king. So Ahaz comes to the throne at this young age and is immediately surrounded by enemies and dangerous ones. And he makes a fateful decision. He sends his own message. This one goes to the leader of the superpower of the day, Assyria, and its king, Tiglath-Pileser. And Tiglath-Pileser agreed to attack Israel to relieve the pressure on Jerusalem. And this uh, fateful decision on Ahaz's part leads to the assassination of King Pekah and eventually the complete destruction of the kingdom of Israel ten years later. Throughout this entire period, Isaiah the prophet was the voice of conscience for King Ahaz. And he was urging him to put his faith in God and not in politics. We only heard the first part of the, the prophecy this morning. And that part that refers to the virgin birth and the name Emmanuel. And so it's in original setting, Isaiah's words refer to the birth of a son to Ahaz. And in the second part of the prophecy, this birth is connected to the downfall of Pekah and his Syrian allies. What is striking about this passage from Isaiah is that when the memory of the civil war had grown cold, and we have to remember it's 700 years uh, between this prophecy and the birth of Christ. It's a long time. And people no longer thought about Pekah and Ahaz so much uh, hundreds of years later. But the Jews continued to see something significant in the words of this prophecy. 
Now, the Hebrew word for virgin in the first reading is frankly ambiguous. It literally means young woman, and typically this was understood to be a woman young enough to be assumed to be a virgin. But there is a separate Hebrew word that means virgin, and it's not used in this passage. And sometimes this fact is used by uh, skeptical commentators and enemies of the church to deny that this is a prophecy of a virgin birth. But later history is against their claim, in my opinion. Because if we fast forward now to the second century BC, so 500 years after the prophecy, the Jewish people are now scattered throughout the Greek and Roman world. And Greek was the lingua franca of the day. Most Jews didn't speak Hebrew anymore. They couldn't read the scriptures. And so a group of scholars got together and began to produce a Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures. And when they translated this passage, they translated the word that we translate virgin as parthenos. And this is unambiguously the word for virgin. So the Jewish people had mulling over these scriptures for 500 years had read that this was a prophecy of something significant that God was going to do. And it's noteworthy that we don't remember much about the message delivered by Isaiah to Ahaz except as this prophecy of a virgin birth. And now I'd like to go back to St. Joseph because he's the real star of the show today. We're all familiar with the news he received in spite of the fact that he was not a king. He wasn't somebody important. And we should note, actually, he receives two messages. We might forget about the first message because it was a bit uncomfortable for him. The first seemed like the worst kind of news that a man in his position can receive because his betrothed wife was expecting a child and he knew he wasn't the father. The second was much better news, but you're going to put yourself in Joseph's place. You have a dream, and an angel speaks to you in the dream and says, don't worry, this child is of the Holy Spirit. You know, how much credence are you going to put in that dream? It must have been a tremendous challenge for Joseph to say yes to this. But it makes a lot more sense if he was a devout man, and St. Matthew tells us that he is. And he knew Isaiah's prophecy. He believed that the virgin birth was going to be God's sign of the inauguration of the end times, the messianic times. The Holy Spirit, who worked the miracle of the Incarnation in the body of Mary, is the same Spirit who has spoken through the prophets. And so knowing God's Word and having it in our hearts makes it possible to know how to interpret the things that happen in our lives. Messages which seem like bad news can turn out to be very good news. Even the crucifixion of our Lord can turn out to be something good can be turned into glad tidings of great joy. And so we can ask ourselves, where am I puzzled in my life today? Have I received difficult news? Or am I struggling with some difficult situation in my life? Am I nervous about how the, Christ the Christmas holidays are going to come off this year? Let us turn to the Word of God that is always addressed to us. It's always a message given to us, a message of good news. God's word is so powerful that it is always new. There's always an earth-shattering message contained in it if we allow the Spirit to speak through it. And so may our celebration of the Incarnation this year prove that we, like Joseph, can respond in faith to God's presence in our lives and so be proven righteous.